Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Welcome to all you that are joining us online. We're so glad to have you, and especially those that are joining us via podcast. You guys are a special part of our family, too. We're so glad you're here. We're going to get started with this discussion we began last week called Answers, right? Answers. Everybody wants answers. We all want answers. There's questions in life that are just way too difficult, and and we want answers for them. And so, uh, I mean, I've been asking for months and months, why can't the beavers win? But uh, and I want an answer, okay? But other <laughs> questions like, you know, is God real? Uh, that's what we talked about last last uh, week. And here's the overwhelming evidence, right? We looked at intangible proof, external proof, internal proof, and all of it points to the only one conclusion that yes, God is real. If you didn't see that or weren't here, you can listen to the podcast at anthemfamily.org. And the reason we need answers is because deep inside of us, God put inside of our heart of hearts this longing for truth. We want truth. We need truth. There's this desperate desire in every heart for truth. And, 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 uh, and God wants to reveal truth to you. And if you're here for the first time, somebody invited you and you're just checking it out. Listen, if you honestly and sincerely are seeking the truth today, I promise you something's going to quicken in your heart. Something's going to come alive in your heart as we go through this, uh, the things we're going to share. Jesus said this about truth. He knew we'd be on that quest for truth. He knew our hearts would be looking for it. And that's why he said in in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, truth is the thing that breaks us out of the clouds of confusion. And it really brings to us the clarity of the eternal reality of this uh, life. Amen. And, and in that, there's incredible freedom because now you can enjoy life. You can experience the best of this life, knowing that whatever you experience today, there's more to come and it's better in the world to, that follows. Amen. The truth is, people all around us are seeking truth. Your friends are. The people you work with, they're looking for answers. And that was the second reason we did this, we're doing this series, is because, you know, the Bible says as, as believers, as followers of Christ, as fully devoted, committed followers of Jesus, we need to have an answer for the questions that they bring to us. So in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, honor Christ, okay, honor Christ, and let him be Lord of your life, and you honor him. And then he goes on to say, always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope, okay? Now, I'm reading a little different version, but let's go back here. Let's, uh, I'll uh, read yours. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That means honor him. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope 
that is that you have and do this with gentleness and with respect i think that's so fantastic see we don't have to shove the bible down somebody's throat and say hey i know i've got the truth and you're you know you're a rotten sinner going to hell in a handbasket you know and uh, unless you get right you know we don't hold cardboard signs up that say repent or die you know just uh, repent or burn right <laughs> no we can give them answers to the, with from the heart that are part of that are truth okay and so uh, i'm excited about being able to do this now as all of you know this week we uh, we remembered the 18th anniversary of the the terrorist attack on america right called 9-11 and 9-11 2001 and i was you know listening to things and we're and remembering that personally um and as a nation we we grieved for thousands of lives that were lost on 9-11 people who didn't deserve the end they received suffered and died come on how many come on say amen they didn't deserve that they didn't wake up and say, you know what, uh, this, is the, this is the end that I deserve. It, I mean, I remember Lisa calling me uh, to the television and, uh, and we're watching as the second plane plows into the, 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 the trade center and then watching as the first crumbles and we stood there just couldn't breathe, couldn't breathe. We're, you know, our hands are over our mouths. It was just this moment, how horrific you're watching people die in, in real time. The end of their life is happening and I'm just going, it was just impacting, right? I was listening this last week to uh, the story of a, of, of a man whose, whose wife was on the 97th floor and they had just recently been married less than six months and she had gotten a job two weeks earlier and was in her second week on the job on the 97th floor. He's a pilot, and so when he heard the plane, he said, that's way too close. Jumps outside, looks, gets in the middle of the road, looks at the tower, watches it hit, right near the floors where his wife's working. And her life, and her, she was gone. That was it, right? And, I, and he was, you know, he said, how could this happen, you know? Questions start flying to his mind. How could God let this happen? Why does God allow this kind of evil to continue? Ever wonder that yourself? You know, why does God allow evil to exist? And he wanted an answer. And the truth is, all of us want an answer to that. And um, because we need an answer because how we answer this is going to impact a lot of the ways that we do our life and, and in ways how life does us, right? So, and I think this, this, this one that we're gonna talk about today, this might be the most personal impacting one of the series. Because, you know, the, the question, why does God allow evil, often arises in our hearts because of personal losses, the things that we go through. Our own pain, our own disappointment, our own struggles. You know, and, and most of us, if we were honest, you know, don't want to think about the potential of evil and its nasty sister named suffering getting involved in our life, right? We want to stay as far away from evil and suffering as we possibly can. But if I was, you know, both we were to be honest and 
And I asked, you know, how many of you, though, have had to, you know, had to face these two, you know, we'd, we'd all be, it'd be probably close to 100% in this room. And, you know, I wonder most about that answer when it gets real personal, right? I mean, and for me, it has been personal. I mean, why does cancer steal a, a little four-year-old, okay? Why do health issues, or when health issues or mental illness touches your life? It's a reality in our world, you know, you know, or whatever, you know, you experience, you fill in the blank in your own life. You know, why does God allow this to exist? And I wonder about my children and my grandchildren. What are they going to face? And there have been times, let me just be, can I be brutally honest with you? Can, is that okay? There have been times when I've, I've made statements like, this is not fair. This is not fair. This isn't right. How could God let this happen to me? And my emotion rises. And in that moment, I'm really tempted to, to come to some conclusions about God. And here's, here's what my conclusions are. Well, God, you might be real, but are you really good? Are you really good? Do you really care? Now, honest, okay, now I'll admit that most of you are probably much spiritually stronger than I am, and so you never think those things. But maybe there's just a few honest people out there that have been where I've been, and you'd like to know, is there really an answer for this? The good news is there is. Amen? And where does this kind of journey take us? So when we get into that place and we start qu asking those questions and we're in the middle of, our, of evil impacting our life and suffering coming our way, it takes us down a little journey. We start asking the questions and I put this in your notes because it was so good for me to know that, that there were men of the Bible that, that felt this way, okay? Look at it in Psalm 73, um, so, uh, chapter starting at two. It says, but as for me, my feet almost slipped. I, I almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They close themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice, with arrogance. They threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven. And their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? Questions, right? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. He was experiencing the same thing we were, asking, I need an answer. I need an answer. Why are we, these things, going like this? And if we keep following that train of thought, you know, it, the truth is, when we suffer wrong, that's when we most believe that wrong exists. And then in our pain, we begin to demand answers, and we begin to filter God's actions or his inaction through our own logic and judgment. And we start to ask the question, is God really doing his job well enough, right? And here's the danger. When, when I start making those judgment calls, I begin to elevate who I am in this world, okay? So I, I just brought something out here, okay? 
This is the throne. And I, and I start looking at the throne and I, and I say, uh, you know what, God, <laughs> you know, I, I start pointing my finger at the throne and saying, you know, God, are, is there anyone in charge here? Are you really in charge? Or is the universe just random or out of control? Or, you know, if there's somebody in charge, does he really see what's going on? And, you know, why is he letting this happen, right? And what happens is I'm, as I'm looking that way, it's, it's just a very short distance from pointing my finger at that throne to sitting down in it and taking my place on it and start declaring some other things like, I'm gonna make some pronouncements. It's not right. It's not fair. This shouldn't be allowed to happen. God doesn't care. God can't and, or won't help. But let me ask you a question. <laughs> Who do you think really has the ability to judge right? Who has the, the, the understanding to, who sees all and, and watches over all? Who created it all? Who really has the, you know, should sit on the throne of the universe? Should it be me? Who knows the end from the beginning? Who has the purest heart and motives that can ever be trusted, right? Who has the power? Who's the wisest? Who's the one? And uh, who understands pain probably more than all humanity? It's God, right? He understands pain. He understands the loss of a son. So, so then how do we answer this question of evil? Well, I'm going to suggest to you something that I think is going to, at first, going to kind of throw you into tilt. I'm going to suggest that the, the, the answer to the question of evil all begins with love. What? Love. The desire to be loved or to love and to love in return. And if there's one thing in creation that really points to why God created us. It's the innate desire in every human being to love, to desire to love, and to be loved in return. Come on, isn't that innate in all? All of us, we want to be loved, and we want to love in return. And if anything points to the reason why God created us, it's that. God wanted true relationship. He wanted to love. So God is love, right? The Bible says in Psalm 72, he does only wondrous things. But love needs an object. So, you know, you, you, you have to love something. So God begins to create. So he creates the universe, right? And was God happy with the universe? Yeah. He, he said, it's good. But you know what? You can love things. But loving stuff isn't very fulfilling, right? You can have your pet rock, but your pet rock just doesn't love you in return. My apologies to all you pet rock owners. Maybe, you know, you, there's something there that I don't understand. Okay, all right. <laughs> your iPad, your car, whatever it might be, bag of chips, you know. Uh, so, 
So he goes on, he creates plant life. Let's check out the plant life. And you know, you can, you can love your plants and talk to your plants and they might grow better, you know? They might be healthier plants. I, I don't know, but good, but no relationship, right? So then he creates the animals and animals get, will respond to you, correct? They re respond to you, but, but it's by instinct and not by choice. So what does God then continue to do? He's still creating. And what does he do? He creates mankind. But he creates mankind with something special. And that's the ability to choose whether he's to respond, right? And when he created us with the ability to choose to love or not to love, he gave us, that had to come with free will, right? And so now we have free will. And once that happened, this allowed the possibility of evil or choosing not to respond to God's love. So, you know, love isn't love unless there is a freedom to choose it. So, you know, a freedom to choose. I, I love the scripture, Revelation 3.20 says, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking, or I'm standing and knocking at your door. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and we will eat together. That, that so points to the fact that, listen, this is, you know, God is knocking at the door. You have a choice. All of us have this choice, and it's our free will. So the possibility of evil is the risk love had to take to be fulfilled. It wouldn't be love if it didn't come with a choice. Are you with me? So if, if we didn't have a choice, we'd just be pre-programmed robots, you know, that had no choice to love, like the, <laughs> like the, the commercial, I show compassion, <laughs> you know, the State Farm, is that? Okay. Didn't see, anybody see that commercial? I thought it was funny. Okay. So, you know, it's the response that God was looking for, this love. So where, where does evil come from? Evil comes from, comes out of an out of order world. You have that in your notes, right? Comes out of an out of order world. In Genesis 6, 5 and uh, through 8, it says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Can you imagine what would happen, right, if that was uh, the you know, the heart of God, uh, that he observes that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he had made, made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. So here, here's God. He decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy everything I've created because I created them with choice and they're just, they just choose evil constantly after the fall. But I love this in verse 8 of this uh, portion. If you look it up in your Bible, it says, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah found favor. God creates this beautiful world, perfect for his creation, but man begins to choose what is right and wrong based not on what God says, see, but what on they decide. See, that the problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, remember there's two trees in the garden in Genesis, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, listen, eat of the tree of life. And they ate of it. They had eternal life. He said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the reason he asked them not to do that is because from up to that point, 
God was the one who told them what was good and what was evil. He is the one that made that decision. They'd come to him and say, God, is this good? He'd say, no. Hey, God, is this bad or is this uh, bad? Yes, that's bad. Don't do it. Okay. So, you know, they were finding out things. They were experiencing their emotions. Hey, I got angry the other day. Is that good, God? No, that's not good. Okay. But then when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all of a sudden, Adam and Eve started making those decisions instead of looking to God. And that's where the trouble came out, began, okay? And so here's this beautiful world that God created. God's ready to wipe it out. But love wins the day, right? He's, Noah is the one person that chooses to love God in return. And so let's go back to evil for a second. So here's, where does evil flow out of? All evil flows out of the fountainhood of rejecting God personally. When they rejected God personally, evil began to, flows out of that. It's the rejection of God, his nature, his purpose that, that produces evil and discord in our world. So, you know, that's, that's the thing that we have to be careful. When we're in harmony, when God's people are in harmony with God, then we, there's a harmony in creation that exists also. But when we step out of harmony with God, there's a disharmony in creation. That's where everything begins. That's where chaos begins. Chaos in, the na- in nature, chaos in, with, think about animal extinction, pollution, whatever you want to name, all those things in our environment, they are a result of man being out of order with God. And therefore, creation is out of order, okay? And the world we have is out of order, and evil being the product. And then evil leads to suffering, okay? Those two are inseparable. And uh, so let me just go on because I want to finish this up. Suffering will either push you away from God or it will, uh, or it will move you towards him. When we face it, when we face suffering in our lives, we do one or more of the following. We, we'll tr- we try to avoid it. We try to we'll deny it. We live in hopeless, never-ending despair. Or we may want to blame it on someone or something. Or we want to just detach from it altogether. But listen, can, let me help you. Ultimately, suffering shows us that we're not in control of our lives. And we never were in the first place. Are you with me? And, and uh, the truth is, suffering should direct all of us to return to God, to turn to Him. I shared this in my class this morning, but C.S. Lewis wrote that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts loudly to us in our pain. Can I get an amen? See, suffering either pushes you away from God or towards Him. But your choice is what, which way are you going to lean? Are you going to get bitter or are you going to get better? Are you going to take on a victim mentality or are you going to be the victor? Are you going to believe for, for trauma or triumph? I want to encourage you. You know, the choice is yours. How will you face it? How will you face it? I love this verse in, in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Amen? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And what this verse says, it says that we can lean on God and lean into God in our suffering instead of railing against Him 
through it. Amen? So how do we face it? How do we face it? Let me give you four quick things. How do you face suffering? Because you're going to face it. Evil is a part of this world. It is a result of God giving us a free choice, and the world is out of order because of it. And so um, we're going to be impacted directly from our choices or indirectly uh, because we live in a broken world. And, and let's look at this. So here's how we, re, how we uh, face suffering. First of all, know that Christ has won the real war on terror, the war on terror of suffering, right? Hallelujah. Look at 1 Peter 2.24. It says this, he personally, come on, say that with me. He personally carried our sins in his body. He personally, he did it. Amen. He's won the war. He took him to the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right because by his wounds you are healed. Amen. So here's what the truth is. On the cross, Jesus dealt with the source of evil. It's finished, right? When he said it is finished, it was done. He broke the power of evil over our lives. Even in the midst of our rejection, even, you know, the rejection of him by mankind, he refused to let that rejection of him and a potential relationship with him. Jesus has always gone beyond to look at relationship with us. And let me just encourage you with this. Judgment of evil is coming. There is a day when all evil is going to face its judgment moment. And how about you? you, I I don't know about you, but I want to be on the right side of that. When evil gets judged, come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Evil has an expiration date. Thank you, Jesus. There's a triumph coming. At the end of the age, Jesus said, the angels will go out, separate evil people from the righteous, and throw them into the blazing furnace. Let me tell you, that's going to be a tremendous day. So that just is a warning that you don't want to be on the wrong side. You want to have things in the right place. Amen. Take courage. Evil has an expiration date. Here's the second thing to remember when you're facing suffering is that we can surrender. We have to surrender into the love of God and get off that throne and the temptation to be on it. Come on, are you with me? Because, you know, I have to surrender into the love of God. I have to recognize consciously, I have to make a decision that God loves me more. God loves me more. God loves me more. And I have to surrender into that love. I have to recognize how much he loves me and that he will not allow me to face anything that is above the grace that he offers me through the midst of it. Come on, are you with me? He is near to the brokenhearted. He takes his place in your place of suffering right by your side. And I love this in James 1-2. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, under the test of suffering, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When he has stood the test... See, each moment we suffer in an evil-filled world, it's a test whether we'll jump on the throne or whether we'll surrender into the love of God and trust Him. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Third thing that we can do when you face evil and to triumph and through suffering is to join Jesus 
on the mission to heal the broken world. Come on, amen. Second Corinthians 1, 4. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. He gives us, why, why, why does he comfort us? So that we can join him. There's a mission to heal the broken world, to bring life into, dark, uh, into dead places, to bring light into dark places, to, uh, to, uh, to shower this world with the love of God. And I want to encourage you, find a place in the house of God and make a difference. That's what the Anthem Connect track is all about, is helping you to follow a path, to get you to a place where you've discovered your purpose and you are making a difference in this world. I love, you know, when you know, Tara got up here, she talked about the ladies that went to the, to the, to the, the recovery home for these abused women and how they began to share and talk and, and it was just so overwhelming. They just spent, you know, just, they just cried the tears, you know, because they knew they were making a difference. They knew they were joining Jesus in the mission to heal a broken world and I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than that. So let me encourage you, find a place, join a group, get involved, get on a mission to heal broken worlds. And let me tell you, you'll watch the pain that you feel in your own suffering will disperse because God will send a supernaturally help to your spirit to encourage you and help you to ride above it as you help others. Amen. So find a place. And here's the, church, here's the truth. You cannot change the fact that evil is in the world. It's here to stay. But you can have, be a part of helping people to know God's love in the midst of it. Amen. So let's get bold. Let's get busy. And let's do this. There are broken people that we can get involved with that will be in the empty chairs that are in these seats next week if we pay attention and touch their lives with God's goodness. Somebody give me a big amen. And that's the goal, amen. I don't want just two services here, I want, or one service. I want two services filled. I want three services filled. Why? So we can have a, 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 a lot of people in the building? No, because every one of those people represent a world that was broken that Jesus came and brought healing to. Come on, somebody say amen. And there's plenty more than that in this, in this community that will fill this room three times, four times, five times. There's plenty more than that that are suffering in their own silent world and need someone to step up and say, come on, let me put an arm around you and let me show you a pathway to healing. Come on, are you with me? That's the last part. Let's just overcome evil with good. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, overcome evil with good. Can I have the worship team come on up here? You know, Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you. I'm saying it today. I'm looking at you. Come on, are you with me? Don't let evil conquer you. Turn to your neighbor and say that to him. Read this way. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. See, we can be the part of the problem or part of the solution. We can be a person that demands a trouble-free life. Come on, God. I, I, I need you. I don't want a trouble. You know, this is so hard. Or we can say up and say, you know what, evil? I'm going to give you a black eye in Jesus' name. And I'm going to be a part of helping others come to a place of knowing Jesus. Come on, that's the kind. You know what? That's the kind of place. That's the kind of world I want to be a part of. That's the kind of people we want to be united together in new building. Amen. Let's, let's get off the whinging, sook throne of our life. Amen. And get into the, the uh, conquer. Don't 
let evil conquer you. Let's conquer evil by doing good and turn every tri trial into a triumph for God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.